During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Howdy, Blessing. Imran, it's your, it's your final KFGD with me, specifically, yes. as a host. And I am very sad. I am also, like, I was just talking to Kevin, like, I'm, I'm extremely sad to leave, but, you know, I, I will still be here as much as possible and, like... Yeah. It's. I'm very excited that you know you've chosen today to play Resident Evil Seven on stream. So. Oh, I, I, like, I've definitely not. I've definitely not chosen wait, is it that today. Yeah, is no, it tomorrow? No. It's to, he, play, he plays. He uh, plays streams tomorrow. He streams okay, tomorrow. it's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, but I'm not. I'm like, not playing. To, to be clear, for the audience, I'm not playing RE Seven tomorrow. I'm probably gonna play. Some I don't Apex know. Can we get an RE Seven chat? Like, I think we need. Like, Chad is convinced you're playing RE Seven. I think oh, it's really. It'd be really shitty to like. It's really straight to disappoint them now yeah. after you've already we promised so that you're going to do it, it tomorrow. And Ron, the, you're, you're trying to tug at the disappointment chat. strings. Let me tell you, I don't care when I disappoint people. I feel like I disappoint people daily and I don't mind it at all. I go to sleep at night. I sleep like a baby, like a baby. I wake up and I'm like, man, I wish I could have more sleep because I'm sleeping so well because I do not give a fuck about disappointing people. You know There's what the, no RE7 stream coming. The obvious end result of this is going to be that you're going to go play it one day and I'll just forget and I will not show up. And I will just be like, all right, whatever. That would be awesome. Yeah. If I just decided to stream RE7, but I turned off all notifications on my personal Twitch channel, didn't tweet about it, nobody came. It was like it's like a 10-person audience just watching me play RE7, and that's it. I don't promote it at all. And the I come VOD back, and I'm deleted. like, oh, I did it. <laughs> Delete the VOD. Yeah. That'd, no, be, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be the perfect way to like, do it. I, I feel like if you do that, you'd get big numbers. Because like one person <laughs> would make a big deal about it, and then like that would be excitement, and it would just blow up. Maybe possibly we did hit the goal for the thermometer in our second january stream where me and andy are both going to play a scary game on stream and i'm not i've, I've talked to, to snowback mike about this a little bit i think there might be a goal on like the streaming thermometer or whatever like the meter for me to play re7 i don't know if that's confirmed or if i'm leaking things right now but <laughs> might be there are certain ways maybe that that you could get me to play re7 but it's or not sport. planned it's not i'm not doing it tomorrow i'm not doing it next week have work for I'm just gonna keep like no bike Mike and Greg for like the next couple of months and be like, so blessings play RE7 tomorrow, right? And let I mean we'll just see what happens. The only way I'm playing RE7 is if people give me money to play RE7. I'm people honest. are giving you money to play video games, right? Like this is people are your bosses. If people give me more money, I'll play RE7. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's oh, some, yeah. that's something that we'll have to wait and see on. But I have no plans as of now to play RE7. 
I do have plans, though, to talk about video game news with you, Emron, because today's stories for KFG include Epic Games' MetaHuman creator, Ubisoft relying less on AAA and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you uh it's a huge week here at kind of funny uh we could let's start off with barrett who's back at it like a bad habit after releasing zelda in review last year barrett immediately started working on assassin's creed in review a kind of funny games in review special where he played through all 12 mainline games throughout 2020 wrote his reviews for each one and then ranked them and then compiled it all into one two-hour video for your viewing pleasure because barrett is a madman assassin's creed in review releases today february 10th at 2 30 p.m pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games as a youtube premiere the rumor is the reason why emron is leaving is because emron got an early viewing of assassin's creed and review and barrett put assassin's creed unity is number one he's not, not confirming that i'm just saying rumor. that's what i heard like he, barrett has not said this is not true he's just like he's let it ride so who knows who knows also kevin i have a question could you theoretically sneak into blessing's apartment Delete every game off his PS5 except RE7. And just like when everybody goes to stream Apex, it's like, oh, I guess all I have here is RE7. He can't do it. He's a coward. I mean, first of all, don't. Poke I will the call bear, the police you know on Kevin I mean? easily. Oh, shit. You, <laughs> you know, think, like, you think I've never had the police called on me? You think that's something that scares me? Hmm? <laughs> Listen, uh, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. though is if, if, if friends could break into my apartment, I wouldn't mind, right? Yusef McGee, I trust him. You know, if oh. he's breaking into my apartment, you it's just stop oh. him. Oh, hold on, hold on. You can let, let him, no, let him, let him, Yusef McGee breaks into my let apartment. I'm like, this, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Dig, breaks into my apartment. I'm like, he's here for good reason. I trust uh-huh. this man. Friends, right? Kevin Coelho breaks into my apartment. Who's oh, not a friend, I'm calling. Apparently? The, the U.S. forces. I'm not, not saying you're not a friend. I'm just well, saying you're not. Oh, I'm saying you're not a friend that I trust. I'm saying I don't trust you. But you just break into my house. You're not here for good reason. Am I wrong? Now, now you're not wrong. The thing, bless. If Yusuf breaks into your house, you can't stop him. Like, what? What are you gonna do? I'm gonna call the police. Police can't stop Yusuf. What are you talking about? Uh, back to Assassin's Creed in review, of course. Uh, let's see. So you can watch the video as it debuts and then hang out in chat with Barrett and other best friends to talk about everything we love about Assassin's Creed. And then also happening today, the FCF activities begin with the first draft. Uh, come to twitch.tv slash games to draft our football team with Snowbike Mike and Greg on Wednesday. That's today, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And then Saturday is Wild Aces game day. Uh, the fan-controlled football season starts with the with the Wild Aces squaring off against Quavo and Richard Sherman's Glacier Boys, my personal favorite in the FCF League. Uh, we'll be streaming the game at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, so show up for that. And then after the game, you can stick around for Love, Sex, and Stuff's live Valentine's Day call-in show. A big Saturday here at Kinda, kinda Funny. Twitch.tv slash Kinda Funny Games. 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Graham of Legend, David Mindtel, Trent Berry, Blackjack, Louise Aguiar at 8BitLouise, James Davis at James Davis Makes, and the Nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. I can't get the image out of my head of Youssef, like versus <laughs> like a bunch of like unarmed police officers, right? Like how many, like how many armed forces, armed forces, or in this case, unarmed forces? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, versus Youssef, will it take to actually take that man down? Because Youssef is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, is Barrett in the chat? Can Barrett put that poll? No, no, that might be actually a bad poll. Like that might be a real creepy yeah, poll. Yeah, that, that, no. <laughs> that can get problematic yeah, real quick. Yeah, not a good yeah idea. so no, no, don't do that. Don't do Youssef don't do can hold poll. his own though. And so I, I, I would like to see, and let, let's take police out of it. How many men does it take to take out Yusef McGee? Like I'm normal gonna, men. Like based on that I'm football gonna say video, three. I'm, I'm going to say like, I was going to say five. How do we make this happen? How do we put a Yusef <laughs> Battle Royale? How, how many, actually let's, let's frame it this way. How many kind of, kind of funny members does it take to take out Yusef? Oh, we'd all, we'd all lose. What you think all about? kind of funny versus Yusef? You think you think he'd take us? I think it matters yeah. on the member, right? You think one Greg Miller? Like you don't understand the power of Greg Miller. You've never seen <laughs> against Yusef though. Yusef is a, is a tall. Like I know Greg Miller's tall, but Yusef is no, no, also no. tall. I've never seen. Like, I've never like, seen Yusef pick up Greg Miller. Like that is true. He like John Cena picked mm-hmm. up Greg Miller, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd I'd pay good money. I'd pay good money to watch Greg and Yusuf. Good. Oh, one thousand percent. Yes, one hundred percent. All right, we're adding that to the thermometer. Twenty (laughs) twenty two. Story number one: uh, Epic has revealed their metahuman creator. This is from Nick Stat at The Verge. Kevin, I have two videos here that I want you to play. The first one you can play while reading, uh, while I'm reading through the story, and then the second one I want us to watch together because there is very fascinating stuff going on with, with Epic and their metahuman creator. Uh, again, I'm going to pull this story from Nick Stat at The Verge. Epic Games has announced a new browser-based software tool powered by its Unreal Engine called the Metahuman Creator that can craft highly realistic human faces and help power more realistic body movements and facial animations. Epic provided a sneak peek at the platform today and a pair of YouTube videos showing off examples of creations built using MetaHuman Creator and, quote, MetaHuman appears to be the term the company is using to describe this brand of virtual, non-real individual. Epic says the MetaHuman Creator can be used in conjunction with modern motion capture and animation techniques for creating lifelike motions uh, and human interactions, human interaction scenes built for video games, film, TV, and other formats. The company says these photorealistic humans can be generated in a matter of minutes and equipped with unique hairstyles and clothing, and then can be and then they can be tailored further to meet their their needs of a production. And these metahumans can be manipulated in real time within the tool itself and just using a a web browser, Epic says. Quote, up until now, the most arduous tasks in 3D, 3D content creation has been constructing truly convincing digital humans. Even the most experienced artists require significant amounts of time, effort, and equipment just for one character, said Vladimir Maslovic, Epic's vice president of digital humans technology, in a statement. Quote, 
After decades of research and development, and thanks to bringing in companies like Three Lateral, Cubic Motion, and Quixel into, Epi- into the Epic family, that barrier is being erased through Unreal Engine, and we're thrilled to introduce MetaHuman Creator, end quote. MetaHuman Creator does seem capable of making, making some shockingly realistic-looking people that could easily pass for, for a real-life motion-captured actor, though perhaps we need to wait to see what the tool is truly capable of in the hands of third-party creators before making a verdict on whether it escapes the uncanny valley. It's not clear when Epic intends to release the, the MetaHuman Creator outside a broad 2021 release window, but interested developers and artists can sign up for updates on the Unreal Engine website. Emron, did you have you seen have you seen this this morning? And what what are your thoughts of the, on on this so far? So my first couple of thoughts, my first thought was, oh, this is cool as shit. The mm. second thought was, oh, this is creepy as shit. And now, like, while you were talking, there was, like, a weird sync with the video of, like, literally, it looked like the person in the video was saying those words. So, like... Surprise! That's the, that's the surprise today's <laughs> Games Daily. I have partnered with Epic, and we're doing this whole thing. No, I'm just done. Yeah, then, it like, circles back to creepy as shit after that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, this is... It's interesting, and for a number of reasons. One, like, okay, I can get why Epic did this. It does make sense from an engine perspective. Like... Uh, on a on multiple levels, this is like okay, working on this makes it easier to work on the engines without actually having to like go in and like put out a game and like this is what this can do now, blah blah blah. They can just continually like iterate or make iterations of this, and it'll like help improve the Unreal Four engine and, and Unreal Five, I guess, whenever that actually does become a thing for video games at this point. But beyond that, it is also what they're saying about character models. It's an it, it like it it is true. Character modeling does take a lot of time and a lot of work. Making it easier as like a middleware is a very smart thing for them to do as an engine creator. I think what that's going to mean practically for early on is going to be like, oh, we're gonna go back to the days when Unreal Engine three couldn't do hair and everyone looked exactly the same. So that might be what it looks like for a little bit. But I think there is a lot a big benefit further down the line. But it does like. As we get closer to photorealism, the more uncanny value we seem to hit. And I, there's aspects of this that I really don't like in terms of like how these characters actually look and how realistic they look, but like a slight mm-hmm. off di- like distance. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of in the in the meantime in the in the early days of this. I don't know what this pans out like. I don't know how this looks like on a very practical scale. Like I don't necessarily see big companies come into this in order to create their big AAA polished products because this 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 does seem to be in that middleware zone but as this keeps getting built built on and improved and all that stuff like this this technology has big implications for the future of character design, character design and, and accessibility and even if you aren't a you a Ubisoft or I guess Ubisoft has their own um uh, uh engines that they use but even if you aren't like a big AAA developer that's using the Unreal Engine, even as maybe an indie developer that might be using the Unreal Engine, this tool probably poses a a big benefit for you because you have to save so much time on character models and animation and have yeah. access to um, uh, uh, to facial animations and all this stuff uh, done in a way easier way. Kevin, I want you to bring up the second video I have on the doc because... <clears throat> FYI, these are the same videos. Oh, are they? Know. Yeah. Oh, they are. If you could search up, there is another video. Well, actually, which video did you play? Was it the one where they were just talking? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. a talking video. 
Oh, okay. Well, if you can play this one I again, am... but like play it with sound. Hold on a second. Something weird is happening. With yeah, sound. there are two. There are basically two videos. This one, and then there's another one that actually shows them in the tool messing around and a lot of stuff. And that, that I just want to use for visual. The this, what they're actually saying in this video is interesting because they actually like go into detail in terms of, hey, this is what this is. This is why we're doing this. And it's very, very interesting. All right, ready? Yes. Yeah. I am a metahuman, the next generation of digital human powered by Unreal Engine. Metahumans are high fidelity digital characters created by you, the user, on our it's new creepy, content right? creation platform, Metahuman it, Creator. It wasn't creepy until she I smiled. Fully like, ready for animation. You can't approximate a smile. Allowing you to work in context. With everything running live in Unreal Engine, my motion works seamlessly. On other characters, I have eight levels of detail and have been tested on a wide range of hardware platforms, from feature film to mobile. If you're interested in learning about my animation rig or high fidelity deformations, built on control rig, the new strand based hair system via the groom component, or how everything is tied together and animated in sequencer, then have a look under the hood in this project. This is just a glimpse of things to come. And this is a, like this is available in browser. Like you can create these characters in browser and like so it, yeah. So it, these are crazy. People. These aren't people no. at all. This, these are just creations. Yeah. Like these are, I mean, people are obviously voicing and all that stuff. But yeah, these are creations that people went into the to, into the MetaHuman creator, created, and I'm assuming animated using uh, like facial animation tech and like probably like motion, motion yeah. capture. Yeah, there's the moment where it shows all the like animation points. Yeah. Hold on. I kind of wonder like at what point is this going to get like real because like there was a there was a time where when deep fakes were coming a bigger thing and like Reddit just like banned them because they were being Everyone used for nefarious them, shit. Right? Yes. Yep. I think Pornhub like, banned them and that's what was a big loss. That's the way they stopped. At, <laughs> at what point good. like is somebody going to make, I don't know, their teacher or an ex-girlfriend or something and it oh, just that's gonna like, happen. Yeah, and that's oh, gonna yeah, just right go like, oh shit, this is bad. Like they're or if I didn't know what that was, and I just saw that video starting until he, she smiled. I would not think, oh, I, that's a CG person. We've already seen deep fake videos of like, I think there was one with Obama where he says some things and it's like, that's not, he didn't say that. And a lot of the things have been edited in that video to make him look like he's saying something yeah. he isn't. They changed yeah. the flag behind him. And it's like, so already, like, we don't even need you know, this far, like people are already with deep fake stuff doing things that are bad, you know? Yeah. Like I saw a video of, uh, that, I forget kid, who the actor was, but he was like doing impressions on Letterman and like literally he, he would turn into the actor he was doing impressions of mm. like, oh, this is creepy as shit. Like this has like bad disinformation. Uh, yeah. No, like, there's a, there's a lot of nefarious shit people can do with this stuff. And it's, it's terrifying. On, on one hand, it's very terrifying. On the other hand, also very cool and very much like this is the future. Like people are people are going to use this for well, so many different things. I I, I remember in in previous streams, like in recent streams we've done on Twitch.tv slash uh, Games, I believe like Andy and them and Snowy Mac and them were watching VTubers, and this is one thousand percent going to be used for VTubing in the early days. If you think about like. One, how quality this is, but then also how easy it seems to be able to use with but motion capture and all this just stuff. To, 
just to clear out up things that I've seen in the chat where people are like, oh, this doesn't look real. It's not that they're trying to look real. It's just that normally it would take people a long time to yeah. make a fake like, person this is that not, doesn't exist. This is not yeah. something that is ex- that has been accessible for anybody to go in and, and use and create in this way. I think it doesn't look real if you're looking at the now, like from an analytical perspective of like, okay, I'm gonna like check and see like if this looks real. It looks good but if, like, for a video game. If you see this video like yeah. grimy on Facebook or like Reddit compression or whatever, it's like, is this real? Like, is or is it yeah, just like, like you just saw it randomly be like, wait, okay, what is this? But if you if you go into it knowing what it is, you're like, okay, no, this looks like Watch Dogs or this looks like a, a Quantic Dream game or whatever. Uh, but out of context, just like in like yeah, if it looks like grime or compressed or whatever, you'd be like, oh, what is? Oh, is that is that my homie Michael? <laughs> like, what is what's going on here? Bless. Um, so I, I did ahead, find the other video that you you wanted me to. Have. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and bring that up because I think it'd be fun to watch that one too. Click completely. I could uh. be one of many. So yeah, now we're looking at the same character models from the previous video, and there are some new ones now here. And they're going through and they're talking about how they have they're different people. I could be this, I could be that, I could be an architect, I could be an artist, all this different stuff. You create the narrative. I. Like, if you don't know anything about video games and you saw this stuff, I think you could be convinced. Yes, I think so too. This is wild, dude. Yeah. Okay, and look how the close up shots are insane. Insane. And this being just available on browsers, the thing that blows my mind. Mm hmm. It's available on everything, right? Like all the consoles, phones. Oh, is it? Did, did, yeah. it, did they talk mean? about that? I just saw the browser stuff. I assume yeah. it'll be available on PC also, but I didn't realize that they're going to put it out. It's on PC as well. Like, and to me, is this isn't like MetaHuman uh, Creator isn't out yet. Like, it is. It's coming twenty twenty one. It is part of the UE four. I think if you have UE four, you can dev kit test it now. Gotcha. So Crazy speaking stuff. of which, I was actually mm-hmm. reading the documentation for this. And one of the things that was interesting to me is it uh, one of the future improvements thing is quality of metahumans on iOS, Android, and Swiss platforms will continue to improve. And they like list out the ways they intend to improve it. If you look at that just saying like, hey, we're going to keep working on this software, that makes sense. But the fact that it lists those three platforms as platforms that like iOS and Android will have variable uh, hardware, they are mm-hmm. going to improve year over year. I kind of wonder if that's like a small hint of like, yeah, Switch will get better. Just don't worry about it right now. Oh, you think so? I, I wonder if that like that's saying like Switch hardware is going to improve at some point. We can't talk about it right now. I won- I'd hope so. It could go either way. Maybe I'm just seeing what I want to see there. But that's kind of like the initial like, hmm, an odd thing to say there. Does it, does it say does it call out Switch specifically or does it yes. say like interesting? Yeah, Quality maybe that could be it. iOS, Android and Switch platforms will continue to improve. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I it could be them also like re- reading the tea leaves, and it's, uh, it could be assumptions, or it could be them like really being like, in the next as Nintendo platforms can continue to come out and all that stuff, it'll improve. But yeah, yeah, the switch language there, I think, is interesting. But we shall see. Uh, Emron, let's talk about some Ubisoft news. Story number two: Ubisoft is moving away from reliance on AAA releases. This is from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Ubisoft doesn't want to be doesn't want to be as reliant on AAA game releases as it has in the past and will instead look more closely at free-to-play games and its back catalog to make money. 
call today following the company's Q3 financial results. The publisher said that it plans that its plans for fiscal 2022, the period from April 2021 through March 2022, included three AAA game releases, but that in the future, Ubisoft didn't want AAA games to be the focus of its business model. Quote, we said for a number of years that our normal template is to come with either three or four AAA games, so we'll stick that plan for fiscal 2022. But we see that we see that we are progressively, continuously moving from a model that used to be fo- only focused on AAA releases to a model where we have a combination of strong releases from AAA and strong back catalog dynamics, but also complementing our, our, our program of new releases with free-to-play and other premium experiences, said CFO Frederick Duguet, or Duguet, Duguet. He went on to specify that the company had a number of titles, AAA and otherwise, in the pipeline, naming Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, Riders Republic, The Prince of Persia, Saints of Time remake, and Roller Champions. He also nodded to he also nodded to a previously announced Assassin's Creed mobile game planned to come to China with the help of Ubisoft investor Tencent, which he said was a part of the company ramping up its investment and its interest in free-to-play games, especially on mobile. Mobile currently makes up about 9% of the company's total business. Notably, there wasn't a single mention on the call about Ubisoft's free-to-play Battle Royale Hyperscape, which flopped tremendously at launch and is currently undergoing an an overhaul. Elsewhere in the call, CEO Yves Guillemot also noted that the company's back catalog or its already-released games that are still bringing in revenue long-term will also play a heavier role in the company's revenues in the future, and already are. As an example, six-year-old Rainbow Six Siege added 15 million new players in the last 12 months, growing to 70 million total players since since launch, and is still a major revenue driver for the publisher. And Ron, there's a lot we can dig into here. Where do you want to start? So, it's weird to me they're only just dawning on the idea of, like, maybe not AAA games all the time. Like... Mm -hmm. I guess that worked out for them for quite a long time, but at some point you are dedicating 100% of your resources to make or break titles, and at some if one of them breaks, then <laughs> it doesn't work out well for you. But yeah, it's I hope that means like good games that aren't super expensive, like more like Immortals, and less like what they call out here of uh, you know mobile and free to play kind of things. But you know who knows? Who knows that it's actually going to end up shaking out for them? Yeah. I mean, Ubisoft's catalog is is it doesn't really it is already a bit what they're talking about here, like of, of leading into where you have games like Brawlhalla that are I yeah. assume is doing well for Ubisoft because they keep adding characters to it. You also have Rainbow Six Siege and stuff. Um, like their catalog is already pretty diverse in that uh, in that place, right? And there are games like Hyperscape that seem to be leaning into that idea of hey, let's diversify and do different stuff. Even though Hyperscape didn't pan out probably as they wanted wanted it to, but you know, there's still always that chance of Hyperscape growing and getting better and becoming good and also becoming a hit later down the line, like has happened with other games. And what kind of happened with Rainbow Six Siege, even though Rainbow Six Siege, I think, launched fine, but then just got better as it went. I think that same thing could happen with Hyperscape uh, and other games released similarly from Ubisoft. Um, while we're here, I want to pull in another article uh, from GamesBeat where they talk about how Ubisoft has had its its strongest quarter in the company history. This is Mike Minotti. Uh, and I'm only going to read a few paragraphs. As soon as my browser unfreezes, why is it frozen? Browser Discord unfreeze. is a processor hog. Oh my god. Okay, well maybe I won't bring in this article because I literally can't scroll on it. I have Hold it on. open. Do you want me to read any part of it? 
Uh, hold on. I'm going to try one more time. Okay, no, it's working now. Okay. Ubisoft has posted its financial results for the third quarter of 2020 to 2021, boasting its best quarter ever. The period ended on December 31st. During the three months, uh, Ubisoft released huge games, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and Watch Dogs Legion. The popular Just Dance franchise also debuted its latest entry. Ubisoft reported net bookings of about one point. billion. Uh, That is is more than double the $551 million from the same quarter last year. Uh, All of gaming has been getting a boost thanks to the pandemic as the sheltering masses flock to the medium for entertainment. While some companies like Nintendo had scaled back offerings this holiday season, Ubisoft released a steady stream of big games. The company also benefits from strong backlog backlog sales. Older games like Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle and Far Cry in the Far Cry franchise continue to sell well long after release. And that's the specific thing I wanted to to highlight when it comes to what their strategy seems to be from shifting back from AAA a little bit and focusing more on back catalog and other things where like yeah, Rainbow Six Siege, killing it. Mario plus mm-hmm. Rabbids Kingdom Battle, still selling. Far Cry, the Far Cry franchise seems to be still selling. Like, you, this seems to already be playing into what Ubisoft has been, has been doing well already. And so, I definitely understand why they would come out and just be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this more because this is working for us." And I hope this means that they reach further back and bring back games like Splinter Cell and other fan favorite favorites that people have been asking for. Well, if you look at like the list of AAA games that. Uh, is written in the article like it's a it's a who's who of oh we delayed this shit and look we don't know when it's coming like far cry 6 is the closest to coming out but it's far cry 6 written with his quarantine skull and bones Riders republic princess purchase sands of time and roller champions granted i do not remember if roller champions ever came out but that no. also i that speaks volumes but like clearly AAA is not working out well for them if like they took a year off from game development or not a year off but like a year delay of game development to like make sure everything got right. Then Watch Dogs came out and it was fine. It wasn't like, you know, revelatory or anything. Like the systems worked, but beyond that, it wasn't that interesting. Valhalla came out and Valhalla was good, but it wasn't great. It didn't knock anyone's socks off. So mm-hmm. I I wonder if like they're looking at that like, what are we doing here? What like what is the next big thing for Ubisoft? And I'm not sure they know. Like very, very pointedly, um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is not mentioned. Yeah. Like, yeah. is that game Beyond. still in existence? Like, Ancel is off, he's off game development. He's not consulting on that game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, is somebody making it? Do they just quietly cancel it? Like, is it one of those things they looked at, like, oh, AAA games are not doing it for us? So this is the first on the chopping block? And questions that need to be answered, I suppose. See, Beyond Good and Evil 2, I just see as, as one of those games that was just announced way too early because. Yeah. Well, even when they announced that game beyond even when they announced that game i i immediately for me i was like okay well we'll see when this comes out because y'all obviously have not started working on this thing like you guys have a debut trailer and that's about it and it's cool that you want to do the thing where you give us the updates and the thing where you're bringing in the audience to help make the game i think it's kind of weird but i it is what it is i i for me that signifies that this game is way further out than we think that game as of now i think is probably still in development but it's just it's just one of those things where game development is so weird and inconsistent and you know like in in the perfect world we would have in the perfect world every game would take three to four years to make and it'd come out and we'd all be like cool it's awesome thanks but i'm sure that game is probably in a limbo right now where they're still trying to figure it out and they're too scared to, to talk about it or commit to a year or anything because they just don't know when they'll be able to to figure out what that game actually is 
Um, so in September, they said the game is in playable state. Is coming. There will be a gameplay reveal in 2021. So maybe like if that game is still existing, like honestly, maybe it is better if Ansel is not there because I'm not sure what that game was before. Mm-hmm. Imran, speaking of Rainbow Six Quarantine specifically, this is actually story number three. Ubisoft could rename Rainbow Six Quarantine. This is Jordan Allman at IGN. Ubisoft has revealed that it may be renaming Rainbow Six Quarantine, but insists the long-delayed game will arrive this year. During Ubisoft's third quarter earnings call, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemont announced that the company was asked whether the studio was concerned about releasing a game with quarantine in the title, given the global global pandemic that arrived after the game's reveal. Quote, on Rainbow Six Quarantine, you're creating a product that is actually, as it's named today, is something we're evaluating and we'll see what comes in the future on that product, uh, Guillemont said in response. This suggests we may see the game under a new moniker in the future. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. That game is getting renamed. Yeah, fucking course. Like, why are they just saying that now? It was obviously a year ago that game was being renamed. It's like, I, I, I cannot believe... The people who renamed Gods and Monsters into Immortals Phoenix Rising have not been looking at that, or have been looking at that for a year, and be like, "Should we rename this?" Of course, you're gonna rename they, it. Like, yeah, no, they've. De- I, I think they, they, I think they probably made that decision by July last year to rename it, and they're probably, they're probably either one in the in the place where they're still trying to figure out the name, and they don't want to, they don't want to say they're gonna rename it until they figure out what the other name is gonna be, or. Yeah we're probably going to get a Ubisoft forward soon. And if it, it seems like they're committing to this year. And so if that's the case, I imagine the next Ubisoft forward and maybe two forwards from now, they'll come out and be like, Hey, we're rainbow six quarantine is now rainbow six COVID-19 and we're leaning all the way in. No, they're not going to do that. But like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to rename it and we'll see where we'll see what it is. Like people, I saw some people in chat going like, why would they rename it? Like there's nothing wrong with the name. If you're going to market a product, you don't want to remind people that life is a bummer. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not, they're not renaming it because it's like offensive or insulting. They're renaming it because it's a dumb name for a product right now. Yeah. No, it's about marketing. You want to be able, if, if you're Ubisoft and you're in the place where you can rename a game, which they are, and they've done very recently with Gods and Monsters, right? Like, it's not about it being like bad or offensive or people going, how dare you? It's more so of a fact that they want to sell that game. And if you're a mom and you go to the store and you see a game called, or if you're anybody and go to the store and you see a game called Rainbow Six Quarantine, that in a, in a marketing sense, that immediately invokes like this bad feeling because we've had, we've been in a quarantine for the last year, right? Like you yeah. don't want that on the marketing side. You want people to look at your game and, and not immediately associate it with something uh, uh, terrible or bad feelings. So there was a Ubisoft thing that I forgot about and I wanted to mention because you mentioned Mario Rabbits. And there's a story from the gamer from a couple of weeks ago that the official Twitter account changed their name or the official Rabbits official Twitter account changed their name from that to at Mario Rabbids at some point and then changed it back before anyone really noticed. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder if like that's coming soon. Like a reveal of that game is coming fairly soon. Like Mario Rabbids 2? Yeah, like a sequel. Because there's, I, I, have no, I have zero doubt they're working on a sequel. But like they, they showed the first one and released it within like three months. So I'd expect a very similar timeline here. Do you think we're talking a lot about Ubisoft announcements, right, and what mm-hmm. they and what they could have planned in the in the near future? Do you think we see Ubisoft go back to E3? Because all the things we're talking about, I think, would make sense as the E3 announcements. I think unless there's a big reason to do so, I don't see a whole lot of like major companies going back to E3. Unless like 
let's say Ubisoft forward, forwards do not translate to game sales in a way that E3 does, and they'd have to do like a decent bit of marketing research about that. And I'm sure ESA is also doing their own marketing research about that. Then maybe they would do that, but like, I I am not convinced that E3 this year is going to be the E3 that we know, and I don't think it's going to carry the same uh, social cachet it did before. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to have, like, the mainstream press, like, reporting on a virtual E3 or even an E3 2022 that's, like, an actual physical thing in the same way, like, they did when, like, oh, new Assassin's Creed is on, like, on Ubisoft stage and, like, the in a mainstream newspaper like it used to be. It's just mm-hmm. now going to be, like, all right, I guess, like, the virtual diaspora is now what's the new normal. Yeah, I can see that, too. Like, my prediction is... In, I, I think we'll get a Ubisoft forward in June or what we'd cons- consider E3 time-ish. But it's very it's very difficult to imagine any of the big publishers we have we've we've had at E3 traditionally appearing there again when they've I don't I guess they've not made the announcement, but there have been reports that we've that we've talked about on the show of yeah, E3 is probably gonna be digital. Like it seems yeah. like they're leaning into that, but it's also still gonna cost six figures to participate. Which seems like a like a huge mistake. It is it is a fairly high six figures too. It is not a lo- low number. Oh, no. So yeah. like in in like in comparison to a physical like people don't realize how much Ubisoft's E3 show costs them. It is in the tens of millions. So like it is not a cheap show to put on. At some point, like, yeah, just put a camera on Yusef and like have him announce games. Yeah. Like, it's like let let Yusef talk. Like kind of funny tackle Yusef on camera and have that be like the opening thing where we, each of us take a shot at Yusef, see how many how many members it takes for us to take him down. If we can beat Yusef, then we get a new Assassin's Creed game. That would be... <laughs> but we're going to get a new Assassin's Creed game in that case. Uh, okay, well, if we can beat Yusef, then Sam Fisher comes back for Splinter Cell. If we can beat Yusef, they keep the name from Rainbow Six Quarantine and sell it that way. I don't know that anyone wins there. <laughs> Like exactly, it's just we we all get beat up by Yusef and like somebody changes their name at some point. Make it happen, Ubisoft. Story number four: PS5 DualSense is having some drift issues. This is Marie de Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. PS5's controller, the DualSense, is allegedly suffering the same drift issue that that have been uh, widely reported in the Nintendo Switch's Joy-Con. Players reported stick drift issues online as early as ten days after their purchase of Sony's console. Kotaku reported. The issue sees the DualSense controller registering movement movement even when it's not being used. Drift issues have been exploding in the past few years, affecting all platform holders. Nintendo has been particularly impacted with Joy-Con Drift, the target of over 25,000 complaints across Europe. The European Commission has now been called to investigate the issue. It's under scrutiny outside of Europe, too, with class action lawsuits filed in Canada and the U.S. Microsoft is also affected with a class with a class action lawsuit filed last year, uh, saying that Xbox One controllers have problems with faulty analog sticks. Emron, uh, are we just are we just stuck in the future where every controller is, is going to have issues from now on? Yes, that, like they're they're mechanical things are going to wear after some time. Uh, the Joy-Con thing is like a specific specific weird example because of how flat they want to keep the internals of that that controller so like it does not have the full support of like a you know analog stick and ball kind of thing uh with sony i'm not shocked i i'm not convinced there's a mass report of these issues quite yet Mm -hmm. but i do think those controls are so complicated that yeah they're gonna wear and break at some point faster than normal controllers like 
for sure. Even when playing video games, like playing PS5 games, whenever like stuff like I have to push past the resistance, I'm like, oh, this controller is gonna break like at some point. Like I am wearing down on gears and like or not gear specifically, but like on things yeah, inside that controller. Yeah, it that gears, will not right? last forever. Is it gears? I believe so. I think it's a system of gears that like moves to higher and lower gears to like make it resist more. Okay, then like yeah, that's also probably like I nothing is going to last eternally. I've gone through like three, four DualShock fours. Like it is a. I expect that PS5 DualSense controllers are going to be more replaced than we think. But you know, mm-hmm. like have you played Spider-Man Remastered yet? Only a little bit. I played it to get the platinum, and that was it. So have you ever noticed that, like, when you're playing that game, and then you like you back out to the PS4 menu, you can hear like an audible click from the controller on the PS5 menu? Yes. I don't know. I don't think that happened to me. So like, I I I was able to replicate it like a dozen times, and like. I think it's just, oh, the things that are going on in the controller for the game, when they don't have to do that, they, like, go to rest. Which um. implies there's, like, a level of tension in that controller when I'm playing a game that can't be actually good for it. Like, in terms of long-term sustainability for that thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I have personally made peace with the fact that, oh, I'm going to replace the controller one day. Like, yeah. whatever, that's fine. I've, I've had to replace Joy-Cons and Xbox controllers and dual like, whatever. But I I guess... Hopefully it is a wear and tear issue and not a systemic thing like built from a bad design choice that the Joy-Cons are. Yeah, this strikes me as something that will... Oh, are those the... Kevin's showing right now. Are those the gears that are inside the controller? Okay. I've I've been a little bit fascinated with... I've been a little bit fascinated with how the actual DualSense works. Um, there but is. I, there was somebody on Twitter. I forgot who it was. Somebody on Twitter was talking about this exact thing. And they were like, yeah, I like looked into a video and a breakdown of how the DualSense work. And once I, once I watched the video, I was way less impressed with the DualSense. And when I, when I read that, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to look. I just want to keep the magic alive. Because like, right now, every time I use the DualSense, I'm like, this is fantastic. And I don't want to know how the magic works. It still I works think, with I, Astro I think it's so cool. Like Astrobot, I think is the what the oh, major cool. game, but like, haven't found a game aside from Astrobot that I've loved as much as that. So like, mm-hmm. it's gonna it like everything. It's gonna come down to design, and if it's just yeah. oh the gun takes a click, I'm not interested in that. But yeah, if it's maybe. like, oh shit, if like I even like the Destruction All Stars, honestly, like it that it kind of a health meter. Yeah, no, and I like in terms of uh, Joy-Con drift and all that stuff. Like I assume that's a thing that. I, I fingers crossed this is a first wave of hardware thing that some people are experiencing it doesn't seem yet to be on the level of the 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 joy cons which is nice but it's also like a hey time will tell you know like we're still yeah. early on yeah. eventually for joy cons everybody's joy con got joy con drift um i don't i i would hope and i don't think that's going to be the case for the dual sense um and if that starts being a more common thing then i assume that that'll that'll be fixed yeah. with a new wave of dual sense dual senses being produced yeah i like i said i'm not convinced that joycon or jo- joystick drift <laughs> is a like mass problem right now but i also th- don't think that controller is going to last long for most people anyway mm-hmm. and Ron, before we get into the next news story i want to tell you about our sponsor of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by amazon pharmacy chances are you use amazon but 
Have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right, prescriptions delivered to your door by Amazon, just like the toilet paper and Funko Pops you're probably already ordering. It saves you time and keeps you out the waiting line at the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your doctor's office send you your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. Your insurance, Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Tim needed some medication over the previous holiday break. He used Amazon Pharmacy and he says it's easy as all hell. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That's Amazon, A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com slash GamesRx. Amazon.com slash GamesRx. We're also brought to you by DoorDash. Dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check. If you're me, then it's Starbucks. I got my morning picking me up from Starbucks. And let me tell you, that thing hit. The, was it yesterday? No, two days ago when I got my Starbucks order. They uh, gave it to me with too much cream in it. And so I didn't get the caffeine hit that I needed. You know, I got a little bit of the caffeine hit, but it wasn't as much as I needed. Today, I asked for, I asked for no cream. And let me tell you, oh, buddy. <laughs> I'm on fire today. Uh, and now you can get groceries, the grocery essentials you need uh, with DoorDash. Also get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under, under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and Canada, you can support your, your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For Canadian listeners, you use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to, $10, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the, in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to, uh, subject to change, terms apply. Emron, mm -hmm. story number five. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. We got a review roundup because the embargo went up today. Right now, Metacritic is sitting at a 90. An open critic is sitting at an 89. Uh, I'm going to start with Chris Carter over at Destructoid, who gave it a 10 out of 10 and says, uh, it still has everything that made me fall in love the first time. Strong and varied level design, fantastic and interactive power-ups, and the option for multiplayer that feels less cramped than some, other, some of the other 2D offerings. The tweaks are small overall, and Bowser's Fury isn't going to sate the most hardcore Mario fans looking for a brand new game, but the package as a whole is magical. If you were one of the many who, many who missed out on this Wii U Classic, fix that. Brian Shea over at Game Informer gave it a 9.25 out of 10 and says, having another chance to revisit Super Mario 3D World or experience it for the first time is reason enough to be excited. However, with an excellent all new game joining the Wii U port, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury is a compelling option for anyone who wants more Mario in their life. 
And then lastly, Cam Shea at IGN, who I assume is Brian Shea's brother. I have no uh, no evidence to back that up, but that is, that is an assumption I'm making. Cam Shea at IGN gave it a 7 out of 10 and says, I disagree with my brother over there at Game Informer. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury packs a ton of engaging gameplay, but neither component comes together as elegantly as it might have done. This is a solid option if you're craving more Super Mario for your Switch, but it's not the mustachioed must-play I was hoping for. Emron, are you excited to get your hands on 3D World plus Bowser's Fury for the Nintendo Switch? I am. I'm actually really excited because I that game was great, but it was like it lacked a level of ambition that I think a lot of people expected from Mario just af- based off the Galaxy games. And like I never it, in terms of level design and all that stuff, I I still enjoyed it, but like that I think people held that against it when that game came out. And it sold five million copies in the Wii U, which is impressive, like a third of the install base. But like I think this is the time where it's actually going to shine now. And people are like, oh shit, actually this game is really good. It sounds like Bowser's Fury, though not like it's not a campaign sized thing. It is a still like a good four to five hours or whatever. Like that is I think the more interesting part to me. Because I really want to play that and I want to know what what implications that part has for like future Mario games or future Zelda games or whatever the ideas are trying to like test out there. Yeah. I'm excited to jump into this. This will be, this will be my first time playing uh, 3D World. And then also, I'm also excited excited for Bowser's Fury because it seems like impressions for that are all, all over the place. It's been fascinating hearing Tim talk about it and be like, yeah, this seems like a new pillar for what 3D Mario could be uh, in the way that it's structured. And that very much excites me because I love 3D Mario so much. Uh, 3D World has been one that I've I've never really been too excited for uh until now where i've seen more people or i've heard more people talk about it and express uh uh uh, great things about it like i've always kind of categorized it as more of a new super mario brothers game than an actual 3d mario game and i think a lot of people did which is like part of the reason it's not it was like initially when they showed it it was very malign people did not like it until like the actual release yeah and that's that definitely affected how i took it because you know i didn't one i didn't have a wii u because like not many people had a wii u but then also yeah like seeing it and kind of having it in my mind of okay this seems more more aligned with those games than 3d mario games i like the new super mario brothers games but they don't excite me in the way that mario odyssey or mario galaxy like really excites me um but you know years after it seems like people have more and more great things to say about 3d world as a game and i can't wait to check it out because i think i've been i've been selling it short by seeing it more along the lines of new super mario brothers as opposed to its own thing and so yeah i'm hyped so for the record none of us had 3d world on the fantasy league that's because it's a remake or it's a re-release oh right yeah no we couldn't it was yeah okay damn it would have been easy it would have been easy amount of points but unfortunate Imran, are, so now that you are you're 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 leaving us are you still going to keep up with the fantasy league are you still going to oh be... absolutely yeah okay I'm also, this is the first time I've seen Tim's list now, and it just like he filled it up with games that are just not coming out this year. Tim's list is ridiculous, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's living his best life, but his vision of 2021 is ridiculous. Deltarune is on his list. Like, I, Deltarune is on his list. Last of Us Factions 2 is on his list. He put Pokemon Diamond and Pearl Remake on there. Starfield <laughs> is on there, and I know his, his strategy is, hey, I get... I get like four, I think it's four free drops, right? Like one game, one, one, um, uh, game, whatever game you want for one. And then three games that don't, uh, get released in 2021. But 
don't know, man. Like, I think he's betting. I think he's trying to game the system real hard, and I think that's going to backfire on him. Now, yeah. I want to shout out a thing that I don't think anybody has shouted out yet on any of these two, on any of these shows. I've picked up two more games since the actual Gamescast episode where we did oh, the fantasy did. draft. Yeah. yeah, of course you can go to kindoffunny.com slash. I want to say it's fantasy draft. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Gamescast or chat. league. Gamescast league. Kindoffunny.com slash Gamescast league. If you want to check out the actual league itself to see where we all stand, I picked up Guilty Gear Strive. And Lego Star Wars, the, St- the Skywalker Saga, since the episode. I'm feeling very good about those two. Yeah, Strive. I, th- I was watching some Strive videos last night. That game, one, looks fucking amazing. And two, looks really fun. Yeah, I played the beta a little bit when the beta came out last year. And I was like, this game seems like it's going to be excellent. I cannot wait. Uh, and it was supposed to come out last year. And I believe it got delayed into this yeah. year. And so I'm Chad, feeling pretty like a- good about it releasing also. Yeah. I'm so. I'm excited. I, I want to play you a couple of rounds. And I'm not good at Guilty Gear, but I will mash buttons until mm. I win. I'm not good at Guilty Gear either. Like I, I Guilty Gear Strive will be my first uh, dive into Guilty Gear. I really love Dragon Ball Fighters, and I played so much of Dragon Ball Fighters, and I'm willing to throw hands in Dragon Ball <laughs> Fighters. Uh, Guilt. This will be my first time in Guilty Gear, and so I'm not feeling too confident because I know people are. People, Guilty Gear players and fans seem very into it. Like, if you like Guilty Gear, you are into Guilty Gear in a way mm-hmm. that I'm scared to jump in because I'm sure most people playing are going to be hardcore. But I'm excited to try it out because it seems like a really cool game. Very yeah. beautiful art style. Imran, we're going to close out with story number six. Uh, we have the title of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel, and it is somewhat obviously called Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The name with its Tails-inspired logo was revealed on Twitter, along with a reconfirmation of its release date, April 8th, 2022. Uh, Kevin, if you can go in the doc, I have a link to the teaser. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, did you see this? No, April 8th, 2022, for a movie called Sonic 2 is a Friday. Blessing, you were too young to remember this, but Sonic Tuesday was like the biggest fucking deal. Wait, what? Like, so, so when Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out on the Genesis, mm-hmm. the, the marketing hyped it up for like a year as Sonic Tuesday, the game that game comes Oh, the, okay. It's like, why are they not releasing Sonic the, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie, on a Tuesday? It's a theatrical release. They can't just release it on a Tuesday. Theaters aren't a thing anymore. They can release them whatever the hell they want. <laughs> Let's see. Games Daily. Switch to browser. You want to watch this? Have you seen the teaser yet, Imran? Uh, no, I haven't seen. I, I saw the picture. Is that all there is? Oh, no. There's an actual. Uh, I, oh, mean, it's, okay. I mean, that's basically all it is. But it, yeah, it's a teaser. Kevin will go ahead and play it. A little loud. A little loud. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, they're doing the music right. But no, that oh. should be on a Tuesday. I'm, I'm like super disappointed it's not on a Tuesday. I just love the, the, the tails coming out of the two because it's going to yeah. be all about tails. I'm so excited for that. That is the way the Sonic 2 logo worked. Like, mm. oh. I'm, just, I'm so the, excited. Did you hear the rumor? Of What's who, the rumor? Uh, Jason Momoa is the voice of Knuckles. God, yes. It makes Why? sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, when you hear, like, imagine Jason Momoa talking. Yeah, that kind of sounds like Knuckles. I guess. I just don't see Jason Momoa as a voice actor, really. Yeah. Like, when I'm, if, if I heard Knuckles talk as Jason Momoa, I wouldn't put two and two together in my head of, oh, that's Jason Momoa. You know, like, I'd just be like, oh, it's a voice. That dude seems like he re- he's really happy and good at chewing the set. So, like, as a voice True. actor, I think he'd be real good. True. 
I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to listen because I don't really. I, I Jason Momoa's voice doesn't stick out to me particularly, but I do when I think of Jason Momoa, I do I do think of him as a presence, like him walking onto a set and being his big old size self. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Jason Momoa for sure. Old, I think know? of two so things. Guy. I think of the rape scene from Game of Thrones, and I think of Jesus. him like sneaking up behind Henry Cavill on the red carpet. Yeah, no, that's a really good meme. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a really good meme. I think of I I think of him as Aquaman. That I didn't, uh, my, I the Aquaman movie that I refused to watch. I watched it and I still like <laughs> oh, I don't movie. remember anything about it. It's fun, is it? It feels like they knew it was going to be bad, so they doubled down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, like, I'd agree with there's, that. There's there's submarine like puns, like multiple submarine puns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, like sometimes they remember they're swimming when they're standing, and sometimes they don't, and the movie just has no consistency on it, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I do like Jason Momoa, and so him is him him is Knuckles. I'm like I'm not hating on it. Like I'm down to listen to him voice act Knuckles. I just don't recognize his voice that strongly, but that Plus, just might be me. What up? At one point, there's uh in in Aquaman, there's gonna be like a death battle where two people have to fight to the death, and there is uh an octopus playing drums. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'll have to watch this movie. This movie sounds great. I'm going to watch Aquaman. Uh, Emron, very excited for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, in April 8th, 2022, which is a Friday, not a Tuesday. But that Friday, it's just so far away. If I wanted it was coming out to mom and drop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform. Ah, oh, shit. I already messed it up. Shit. No, you uh, had it. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you were there. Right. All right, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. Was that your first time doing it without looking? I think last time I accidentally might have peaked. So like this, time I wanted to make sure like mm-hmm. by like, yeah. So I think even though I feel like I messed up the first time, I did not. So I got it right. You killed it. Yeah. Uh, did I do the do 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 Yeah. Out today, we got uh, hashtag Sunuka attack or pound sign Sunuka attack. I don't know how they wanted to say that. Uh, for Xbox and Switch, choices that matter and their heroes were lost for Switch. Free throw basketball for Switch and then doors of insanity for PC. We have one new date for you. This is from Borderlands on Twitter. Tales from the Borderlands returns to storefronts February 17th. Hell yeah. That game Heck rocks. yeah, man. Tales from Borderlands, my favorite Telltale game. Love Tales from Borderlands. Go play it. Go check it out. Uh, and then we do have a deal of the day for you. This is from Nintendo on Twitter. Four more titles will be added to NES and SNES online uh, for Switch on February 17th. Uh, for Super NES Online, we got Doomsday Warrior, Psycho Dream, and Prehistoric Man. And then for NES Online, we got Fire and Ice. Imran, how many of these games are you familiar with? I know Prehistoric Man. I've heard Psycho Dream is real bad. I never played it, but it never came out from Japan. So, uh, why are there so many caveman SNES platformers? That's a good question. That's like, a very good question. There's more than two, which is like was- way more than you would think. <laughs> Cavemans were in vogue back in the day, They're like pirates. Mm-hmm. And Sino Man. Yeah, Brendan Fraser, the goat. Yeah. What? What? What does? What, what's Nintendo's beef with Earthbound? What's going on? I would bet because it sold so well on Wii U that they're trying to figure out a way to monetize it. That's fucked up. That would be my guess. I I don't know, but yeah. I mean, 
they could, I mean, you could say the same say the same thing about Mario World and the DKC franchise, though, right? Like those but are they, on SNES online. Are they? I thought only three was. No, it's two and three, right? For Donkey Kong Country, yeah, one is on there. Yeah, one is on there. Okay, then yeah, I, who knows? Uh, but uh, Earthbound did sell extremely well on Wii U. Like they were shocked mm. how well it sold. So who knows? Like that might be the reason they're holding it back. Mm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Just give me, just give me Earthbound and give me Mario RPG because I would like to play both of those. Mario RPG. I kind of wonder if the reason is because Paper Mario is out and they don't want to like conflict the sales. Oh yeah, some conflict. Yeah. Maybe like that game comes down the line. Who knows? Who knows? Imran, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you wrong. That's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Charles Jacobson says, I believe the interview Imran was talking about is with Bill Hader and Tom Cruise. I have no idea what that reference is. The deep fake thing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Frank Furter says... Missed new date. Uh, Stubbs the zombie is back in remastered from. Or, okay, this is back. Uh, okay, Stubbs the zombie is back remastered coming March 16th, is what I think he's trying to say. And then Kebab says the, that click that Imran is hearing is the adaptive triggers disengaging. Yeah. I, I know what it is. It's, it's just like. Gears. It sounds like tension is releasing, which implies to me that like tension is happening, which. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's wearing down the controller, but I don't know. I'm not an engineer, so you never will be. Tomorrow, that attitude. Tomorrow sells. Not at this rate. You still got time. I mean, we'll see. He's too. Maybe after this, I go into engineering school. I don't think that'd be wild if that was the really real reason Imran was leaving. (laughs) Imran's like, oh, I want to build a a fucking spaceship. (laughs) That's why I'm leaving. I want to go build something big, build something (laughs) cool, uh, spaceship. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are. (laughs) I just. You know engineers do other things, right? Like I don't know. I've never been an engineer. Why am I supposed to know what engineers make? I'm gonna go build a train. I'm gonna go build a bridge. It doesn't have to be big things. It could be small things like electric toothbrush. I'm gonna build a small robot. Build a bridge like play a bridge builder on stream. (laughs) So much fun. I've always wanted to play I know I'm sure this is very different, but I've always wanted to play that bridge constructor (laughs) walking dead game. Do it. Like What is stopping you? That if it's, shit looks fire. I don't fire. know that it's very different. I think that's exactly what. Right? <laughs> is that what is that what you mean by play a build, bridge building game? Yeah, but I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna get like insight into po- being an engineer from playing bridge constructor portal or whatever. Sure, no one's saying. Like, no one's saying. Some, like, you you need to at least understand engineering principles to play those games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, fair fair play, fair point. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and M H Williams for our uh, Kind of Funny Spotlight, and then Friday it's gonna be Greg and Emron Khan. That'll be Emron Khan's last KFGD as a part time host. Emron, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard M H Williams talk, but he is he has the best voice in the video game industry. Exactly. Oh, Period. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. It is silky smooth. Oh. If you're watching live right now on Twitch, after this is 30 minutes of Tim playing some of that Super Mario 3D World. And then after will be uh, Greg and Snowmack Mike uh, playing some Division 2. And Greg will be raising money for Jim Lee in the Book Industry Book Industry Charitable Foundation. And so watch along, uh, support the cause. Of course, Jim Lee is, I guess, drawing on, on Greg's PS5. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You've heard Greg explain it. Greg will explain yeah. it again on the stream. Uh, and so stay tuned for that. That should be awesome. I might uh, hop this... into that Mario stream briefly. I might hop into that too because that sounds like a good time. Yeah. 
this keep, has been kind of funny going. games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games i'm laughing because i'm thinking about the engineer thing again because the only <laughs> thing i think of that engineers do is make big things like spaceships uh so stick <laughs> around do for that, that too <laughs> like that is they do bas- i'm not wrong they build spaceships and shit but also yeah. they also build a lot of other shit very engineers do a lot of things, things. very small things what's the small thing an engineer makes the unsung like heroes. Every everything. Like a mouse. It's true. Like the PS5 you own is made by an engineer. Engineers big, are awesome. Though. It's like as far yeah. as yeah. consoles <laughs> are concerned, true. that's the biggest I one. You pick I should have chosen yeah. a different there's not small the things, fucking thing like in the, the playstation 5 i so i went to the university of illinois and that is actually a very big engineering school and so i had a lot of friends that that uh were and are engineers and uh, no one of the coolest ever asked them what they did except for <laughs> no at no point i was, was i like so what the fuck do you do i will say one of my friends um did they say spaceships and that was it <laughs> he, was just, he was like yeah build spaceships uh my one of my friends his name is joe uh i used to hang out with him all the time him uh and his girlfriend at the time uh who now wife they were very into borderlands and i'll play borderlands with them all the time he had access to a 3d printer and what this dude did he went and 3d printed his own version of settlers of Catan that was borderlands themes and it was the coolest shit i had ever seen anybody do and since then i've had a strong respect for engineers because engineers are the fucking dopest (laughs) people on, on the planet earth but like, how does that? This anyway, episode to is him dedicated to engineers. A spaceship. <laughs> like, why did you say settlers of a Catan? I was trying because that's not gonna make sense unless I tell the story. If I'm like, oh, Emron's gonna go make his own fucking settlers of Catan set, Borderlands. All right, well, all right, we like, gotta, what the we, fuck we, we got a stream about? to go to. We got a stream. Say bye to the kids. Uh, uh yeah, Patreon.com is kind of funny games. Post show is gonna happen now. Stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>